Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Te Shwetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmikulu. And today's text is a TV series from Wales called In My Skin. My mum, she's like this mix of being super strict, but really shy. My dad's in here. And my dad's. He's really sweet. Where's my keys? Oh, they sound lush. I'm really lucky to have them. They really love them. The forecast is black ice, and you are on slippery skis. Get out of the way! Never apologize to me, okay? I'm your daughter. So, not really any kind of territorial acknowledgement today, but we are mm-hmm. going to talk a little bit about colonialism, Joe. Just FYI. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Good. A light topic to go with this extremely light, unpleasant show. Oh, poor Joe. This was the wrong <laughs> show for Joe this week, friends. This was the very wrong show. Yeah, it was very amusing. You and I were exchanging some texts and messages and stuff, and you kept saying, oh, I'm really enjoying this. It's just so well acted, so well directed, just in my feelings. (laughs) And I had to suppress how upset (laughs) I was. This is five episodes. These episodes are 30 minutes long. I cried through most of every episode. It was just not the show for me this week (laughs) i'm sorry joe i do think it's a really good show and i think that it is a little bit i mean before the show joe said this is not a comedy it's a tragedy Mm -hmm. you sold this as a dark comedy last week and you said it was about a girl with bad parents who gets pregnant and i was like brenna none of that is true none of it is part is i will be honest so all i had seen was the cbc trailer and the cbc Mm. trailer 100 percent makes it look like it's a show about a girl who gets pregnant so i don't (laughs) just horribly misleading i don't know what that's about and i first of all the bbc calls it a dark comedy okay i'm not marketing the show everybody calls it a dark sadist they are sadists because i tell you like trying to find sunshine and hope (laughs) and optimism in this it has none of those things. But comedy no. doesn't have to be sunshine and hope and optimism, right? Like, sometimes comedy is sardonic. I mean, the mm-hmm. show is very knowing. As a protagonist, she does, like, the yes. stares at the camera. She does the sort of, like, mm-hmm. flash forward to potential future, flash back to the current moment kind of, right. like, things that I think are elements of comedy. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Her life is really, really sad and yes. upsetting. I do think... It ends on a pretty big up note. And maybe if you take the series as an arc in mm-hmm. the like Shakespearean sense of comedy <laughs> where people just don't die, then it's that. Look, nobody was poisoned and no one slept with their mother in this. What more do you want from a dark comedy? Just wait for season two. <laughs> I'm fully, fully willing to admit that this is a great show. And I think it's impeccably well executed. I do think the acting, particularly the young actress who plays Bethan, the main character, she's amazing. So is the mom. Like, it's really, really good at what it's doing. It's just an excessively hard watch because 
if you don't like tales that deal with child endangerment, if you don't like tales that deal with sexual assault, if you don't like really, really raw depictions of mental illness. And poverty. This is a heart. And poverty, yeah. There's just so many really upsetting factors in this show that even when I was laughing at the cheeky kind of salty dialogue, which for me was where a lot of the comedy mm-hmm. is very obviously there, yeah, it's just a really rough go. <laughs> yeah, I will give you all of that. So Kaylee Hlellen is the creator, and mm-hmm. one of the things that she has talked about in the creation of this show, first of all, it's not really like an own voices about mental illness but it is own voices about being raised by someone with mental illness yeah Yeah. but one of the things that colin talks about when she talks about this series is that like normally when wales is depicted we see a lot of like like old school how green is my valley stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) or we see these incredible rolling backdrops that are used on like doctor who and torchwood absolutely gorgeous visit cardiff tourism board sponsored this tv show (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what we get in in my skin instead is the urban poverty that is also part of the story of Mm -hmm. Wales and alcoholism and domestic violence that comes along with that. And I think, you know, (laughs) I said we're gonna talk a little bit about colonialism. But you know, it's interesting to me, we don't have a single character in this show speak Welsh, which Mm -mm. there's a pretty large Welsh-speaking population in Cardiff, but there's also been a long history of colonial practice of suppressing the language. Like, everything Mm. that the British Empire did abroad, they did to the Welsh first. And so I think it's really interesting to see a very warts and all depiction of Wales from someone who's clearly still very affectionate about the place. And the place is really important to the storytelling and the people are very sort of deeply rooted in their place. Um, Mm -hmm. But that doesn't flinch away from, yeah, that kind of really rough urban poverty, right? Typically when you think about like poverty in Wales, you think about like coal miners and right. You don't think about like living in a council house with your drunk dad who doesn't work. And mm-hmm. your mother, who's very ill and can't get the help she needs. So yeah. I totally, I don't disagree with anything you're saying about how difficult the show is to watch. And I wonder if I had hit you with this um, in a less pandemical moment. <laughs> it might have been an easier watch. I'm just a very sensitive baby. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to be. I do recommend it. I think the actress who plays Bethan in particular is fantastic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Let's make sure we name her. So she's played by Gabrielle oh, yeah. Creevy. She's really good. And in fact, she's the entire so young cast is very good. Even the mm-hmm. characters who drive me crazy, like Lydia, <laughs> is excellent. I just yep. don't like her as a person. <laughs> no. And, and of course, the show is well aware of everything, particularly when it comes to the character interactions. So, you know, we can have Lydia just be an absolutely garbage friend, but then Lydia herself goes through a very traumatizing sexual assault where she is roofied by Tony Chippy, aka Mm -hmm. the guy who sells chips at the chip shop. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm 180 degrees on Lydia, Mm -hmm. and I just think no one is simple and one-dimensional on this show and even the terrible people contain multitudes 
except for Bethan's father, who is the biggest POS I have maybe seen on a YA property in quite some time. He's really bad. So Dylan is her father, and he basically does nothing to help her. He doesn't, like, make food or clean. Bethan feels really tied to the house because her mom uh, has bipolar disorder and has a tendency to wander off and get lost and so mm-hmm. when she's home bethan wants to be with her mom and keeping her safe um and part of the reason for that is she can't rely on her father at one point no. she goes out and her father uh basically ties her mother to a radiator mm-hmm. so he won't have to deal with her he's yeah. awful and later he tries to sexually assault the mother when she's yes. just been released out of like psychiatric care I mean, one of the hard things for me was seeing this 16-year-old girl have to parent both of Mm -hmm. her parents. And obviously, that's not being entirely fair to Katrina, who is played by Joe Hartley. That's the mother, because she is just not well. Like, she's Mm -hmm. in and out of the hospital this entire series. And it's not a matter of like, oh, she just went off her meds. It's very much a she is just not in control. And sometimes when she's present and she's doing okay, you can tell that she's great and she and Bethan have a fantastic relationship. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of days where she's not that mother and Bethan has to assume responsibility. And also we haven't talked about it, but Bethan is also lying to everyone about this. Yeah, and you desperately want her throughout the series to find someone to confide in, whether it's her gym teacher, played by Laura Checkley, whether it's even the nurses at the psychiatric hospital who seem to care so much for her Mm -hmm. mom and for their situation. You really just want her to reach out to someone, and of course she can't, right? And Mm -hmm. it's both very persuasive, convincing, exactly how teenagers behave, and so frustrating frustrating to watch. And you can see why, right? There's these Mm -hmm. moments where she imagines herself telling the truth. At one point, she imagines telling her English teacher, played by Alexandria Riley, who I love, by the way, that character, Ms. Morgan, is great. Is she... She is. She is. No. Not not lovable. I don't want to, like, be her or hang out with her, but she's exactly right she's tired she can see some promise in bethan but not enough to really investigate what's going on yeah yeah exactly she won't overextend herself and all of that is frustrating but persuasive um but there's this moment where bethan imagines telling miss morgan and then imagines the fallout and she sees i will say the other totally unredemptive unredeemable character in the show stan priest Mm -hmm. who is the school Uh, bully and she imagines him basically like acting out her mother on the schoolyard and she bottles it all back up again and so Mm -hmm. there's all these moments where you're like she's just about to do it and then for frankly very good reasons she chooses not to yeah it's the moment that really got me is when her nan who i think is probably the character that you love the most on the show her nan rightfully says why don't you come and live with me and the thing that makes beth and pause is that it would require starting fresh at a different school so mm-hmm. she would lose her friend lydia as well as travis who is played by james wilberham and those are the two closest things that she has to confidant but also because she's got a crush on the most popular girl at school poppy and she's kind of making inroads with poppy so she says no gran i couldn't possibly mm. and you're just like 
Oh, sweetie, improve your life. Like, look out for yourself. Don't stay at this terrible school with the family that can't be there for you in one way or another. Like, go with your nan. Save yourself. The schoolgirl crush will develop on someone new. I think it's interesting, too, that her nan doesn't live in Cardiff. Her nan lives in the valleys. And so... Mm-hmm. That's like the area outside of Cardiff where there was a lot of coal mining, but of course all that mining has shut down. Mm-hmm. It's basically like <laughs> Bethan gets the choice between urban poverty and rural mm-hmm. poverty. Like Yay. those are the choices. And there are no young people like left from the way her her Nana kind of describes her life and, mm-hmm. and what she experiences there. And like I was out on the caravan. One of the reasons why I like Nana so much as a character, I like her inclusion so much, is because it would be easy to give Dill, that's Bethan's father, it would be easy to give his character a real tragic backstory that excuses Mm -hmm. all of his behaviors. Yeah, and there's nothing there. No. Except that I don't feel that this series, if, if I have one minor complaint, it's that the series didn't do a good enough job to cue me that nan is his mother because i spent yeah, took most of episodes. the first four episodes thinking that it was the mother's mother yeah it, i agree with you there takes a few episodes to get that clear especially because nana is so interested in checking in on trina and mm-hmm. going to the hospital and she takes this long bus ride just to get to yeah. you know cardiff so she can check on her and stuff And I think you realize after the fact, it's because she knows that her son is garbage and that Trina is the one that she kind of needs to try to protect because Bethan is tied to her so intricately. And there's such a moment in, I guess, the second last episode when Dill abducts Trina, basically, and then tries to run her over with a car. Mm -hmm. When you see Nana have to have this whole, like, who am I loyal to? (laughs) Am I loyal to my son or am I loyal to the mother of my granddaughter? It's obviously a really difficult choice for her. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy. It's a lot. So funny. (laughs) Laughed all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Joe. I mean, we're, we're talking about a lot of really heavy stuff, but there's also friends drinking in the, in the park and doing funny impersonations. And there's Bethan's maybe ill-advised decision to run for head girl by the end <laughs> of this first series where you just think, oh no, sweetie, you're not popular enough for that. And then someone literally says, you're not popular enough for this. <laughs> the head teacher says you're not popular enough It was garbage. That woman needs to be fired and I hated her. Oh, she's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, like, The show is so confident in what it's executing. Like, it's not surprising to me that this was very, very warmly received. Not surprising that the show creator ended up getting hired to go and work on Killing Eve, which is, you know, like prestige UK television now. So this is very much a holy crap, what a splashy debut and so, so well executed that Mm -hmm. it's almost shocking to me that this didn't make bigger waves when it was imported over to north america like i didn't realize that the show debuted its first series two years ago and then obviously it just dropped the second and final series here in north america last month yeah i was surprised too and i was surprised that it's been on hulu this whole time and i had not heard anybody talk about it it seems like the kind of series well, the kind of UK import that does do well, right? Mm-hmm. It's that very different way of 
depicting domestic life that we don't really get from North American television. Yeah, so I think I spoke about watching Sex Education a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I struggled with this so much is that there is no romanticism here. No. Like there's very much an authenticity and a affection for Cardiff and a desire to accurately represent it. Whereas in sex education, it's so clearly a fantasy where it's still emotional and you still deeply care about the characters, but it's also, let's be real, emotionally manipulative in terms of, oh, okay, well, we know you want these characters to hook up or, oh, don't you want a rah-rah moment where a teacher does actually care about their students enough to try to make a difference. Here, it's like, everyone just looks so tired. They've got yes. nothing to give. Yeah. And that's that's just what life is. Well, weirdly, Mrs. Blocker, the gym teacher, who I understand has a bigger role in season two. We haven't been able to see that yet. It's not on CBC. But apparently mm -hmm. she has a bigger role in the second season. Okay. Um, she's like, <laughs> weirdly, the teacher who tries the hardest, but she's really bad at it so there's she's one so bad scene. at it she's so bad at it. there's this one scene where she's like she takes bethan aside and she's like you might not know this but i'm a lesbian and bethan's like mm -hmm. yeah no, no i, I know <laughs> and she's like you seem like you might also be having some questions about your sexuality and bethan's like no i'm good and then the gym teacher's like really because people keep like running after you yelling slurs and throwing fish at your face and stuff and it's like oh you're not supposed to say that to the no oh i mean everyone is so inappropriate Bethan oh my god ultimately ends up winning head girl that's kind of the the closing moments of this first series and it's totally meant to be everything i just talked about with sex education except that you also get the impression it's going to go disastrously wrong <laughs> yeah but the way that she wins is by just being absolutely frank about you know i'm gonna do things like fix the toilet seats so that your butt doesn't get pinched when you're you know <laughs> taking a poo and you're just thinking it, it's so it's all just so inappropriate and great because this is how people do actually talk like teens are mouthy Gross. and they don't care <laughs> and adults do swear when they get upset and sometimes it's in front of teenagers all of that kind of stuff is where the delightful elements of the show come into play. Yeah, I mean, the language in the school is just utterly raunchy. It's um, so, yeah, I, I almost <laughs> wanted to be like, oh, hey, if you don't like the C word, this series may not be for you because we are dropping it all the time. Oh, just But it's constantly. also different in the UK. Yeah, yeah. And there's sort of this sense of like, I don't know if it's that the kids don't, Many of them don't perceive much of a future or what, mm -hmm. but it's just like they're just having a laugh <laughs> regardless yes. of like the scenario or context or what else is going on. And of course, the the recurring thing here is that Bethan is a compulsive liar. She yeah. has everyone convinced that her family is like a very typical middle class family. Mm-hmm. She doesn't let on that there's any kind of trouble at home. No one at her school knows. And of course, that is all about to unravel because in the last moments of the last episode, she's visiting her mom at the hospital and the girl who she had a crush on, who is now her sworn enemy, mm -hmm. walks in as a volunteer and is about yeah. to see the truth of Bethan's life. And so we're about to see what happens when all of those lies unravel themselves. 
And I'm eager to see how that plays out because I really want for Bethan to have real honest relationships with people as much as mm. I adore her friendship with Travis in particular she puts up so many boundaries yes. they can't really know each other no no I read a review of the second series and it does sound like things I don't want to say they get artificially happy but it does sound like she gets a bit more stability I think her mother manages to be present a little bit more it sounds like she maybe starts an affair which you and I both applauded Great. when we talked about this offline just do it good get Kick it father to the curb he's dead weight he's awful yeah and apparently Bethan spends a lot of the second series eagerly looking forward to going off to college and university oh that's exciting because she's getting straight a's and she doesn't have to lie quite as regularly but also it addresses how it's not as easy to just mm -hmm. up and leave home which is something that we very much talked about when we talked about the serpent king right mm -hmm. it's not as simple lydia as just going off to new york because you got into the college you always wanted to go to it's hard to leave your life behind yeah yeah too bad lydia's in a row i just realized oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's it all of you lydia's out there you're on probation <laughs> take that off the baby name book ladies and gentlemen doesn't go well <laughs> um before we wrap up joe i just wanted to ask you your thoughts about the way queerness is dealt with on the show it's um sort of both central and completely yeah. normalized yeah it's so just kind of blasé. Like the fact that Bethan is very obviously a lesbian when we get to know her. She is sexually interested in Poppy. And it's not just about, oh, she's a popular girl. It's that she thinks she's beautiful and she wants mm -hmm. to be there for her. This is the kind of show that doesn't do coming out moments. It doesn't make a big spectacle or a big deal out of it. Like Travis is also very obviously gay. And it never gets remarked upon. Mm -hmm. And I kind of love that. Like, I think a lot of people look at this and sometimes we feel like we need people to say it so that we can feel validated. But for me, having tread in a lot of queer texts uh, over the last couple of years, this kind of representation makes me very happy because it's just people having a queer facet to their life but also being well-rounded people who have other parts of their lives mm. as well. Like their queerness does not define them, but it is a central component of who they are. I thought it was interesting that the school is obviously like homophobic. Like there's obviously oh, sure. just a yeah. lot of homophobic bully assholes at the school. Yeah. Um, the lead among them priest. being Oof. Stan Priest. Yeah, totally. Oh man. They're gross and they say horrible things and they don't mm -hmm. make life particularly nice, but no. everybody else just gets on with it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, and there are other queer coded characters in the series, like Jamie, who helps with the campaign posters. Right. But there are these people we go to school with who yell a whole bunch of stuff, but it doesn't stop us from being who we are. Like, exactly. Yeah. And I kind of, it was very honest. It was like, mm -hmm. it's not glee. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's also probably a lot closer to real life absolutely right because the reality is is that for queer people we do get bullied and our lives are sometimes terrible but it's also not 24 7 i mean mm. hopefully dear god hopefully it's not but i think for a lot of people that's why if you're 
if you're Bethan, you have a Lydia and you have a Travis so that you've got someone who understands you. And even if you can't be your authentic self with them, they still get you. They provide that refuge against characters like Priest, who would otherwise make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So funny. <laughs> I'm sorry it was a slog, but I'm not sorry we watched it, Joe. No, and I'm, I'm not expecting you to apologize because <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have watched this. I do think it's a legitimately great show. Like I said off the top, this is A's across the board. Everything is so well done. It's just so hard. Like I felt for Bethan and especially the interactions that she has with her mom. They're mm. so... They're uncomfortable, they're hard to watch, they're achingly real. The two performances are just so good, you can't help but invest. And also, it's it's rough. Like, it's mm-hmm. so rough. You want good things for these women, and they are not in a good place right now. Totally. I totally agree. I do. I am going to watch series two when we finally get it. Ooh, okay. Yeah, report back. Uh, I will. I, I will let you lead by example before <laughs> I go into this waters again. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay, Joe. So, I don't know. Speaking of complicated stories, um, we do have book club on the go. So hopefully you have had a chance to pick up Ravensong and are reading along with us. That's Ravensong by Lee Maracle. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, what's the last date for people to get feedback in to us? We are looking at around December 15th. Cool. Okay, so you've got your marching orders. Go get the book, read it, and let us know. If you want to send in something long, you can find us at hkhspod at gmail.com. Joe, what are we looking at for our next full-length text? Oh boy, Brenna. So we are going to venture back into cichlid territory as we tackle Nicholas Sparks's A Walk to Remember, as well as its accompanying film, starring one Mandy Moore. You know, um, I've started reading it. This is my first ever Nicholas Sparks. Mm-hmm. And you're loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions, some things I'm looking forward to talking about. I hope Mm -hmm. you'll listen if you are a big Nicholas Sparks fan, because I have some follow-up questions that I would like to ask you. (laughs) Freda has questions. No, and and (laughs) folks, we should probably clarify, I I have not started reading this, but we're not going into this with the intention of tackling it in a Twilight-esque fashion. Like, we're going to treat this like we normally would. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I've been reading the book and I am just, it's just an interesting mix of like the kind of nostalgia from like a stand by me. Um, Mm -hmm. But also I'm very clearly being set up for an emotional (laughs) cliff and you know how I feel about that. Don't love it. (laughs) But I'm eager to see the film because uh, like every good millennial, I adore Mandy Moore. So Right? How can you not? National freaking treasure. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with us, folks, you can find us on Twitter at HKHSPod or on the hashtag HKHSPod. Joe, where do they find you if they want to recommend something much happier than In My Skin for you to watch? (laughs) Oh my gosh, please send me cat memes or something happy like a baby (laughs) experiencing a lemon for the first time. Uh, (laughs) I could be found at B Stole My Remote and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And uh, yeah, so you're finding a copy of Raven Song. You're reading A Walk to Remember. I'm watching it. And uh, we will see you next time. Mm-hmm. I'll see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen.
not surprising to me that the show creator Kaylee Lewell, sorry, not surprising to me that the show creator Kaylee Lewell and probably still got that wrong, right? Lewell, yeah, no, the, Lewell Lynn? It's like, it's like Holland. It's like a. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> 